1: Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile
0: limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do.
1: Orlando bubble, blah, 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 NFL, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Cespedes. Fine.
5: Uh, nobody cares. That was yesterday.
1: <laughs> Fine.
5: That's a final. We did. We hashed that all out. Uh, I might as well just read all our text messages back and forth. Uh, actually, I can't read them all, so forget mm. I said it.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> Scooby-Doo ending. Exactly. I wish I could go back for Cespedes. I wish I could. Happy Monday. Welcome inside. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. So much great stuff to get to tonight. Dwayne Johnson buys the XFL. We have big stories in the NBA. We got the Lakers involved, are playing Zion. Uh, But okay. 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 Let's begin with everyone's favorite blank show called the New York Mets. (laughs) It's time to make you feel better about your life by realizing that mine absolutely sucks because of the team I root for. There, how's that for a start? You like that? Was that a good one? You, c- you good? could change. We good? Okay. I, you know, it's too late to change. No, I, you're only at the change. halfway point in your life, buddy. You got right, plenty invested, of time. I've invested so much, it would be like i just have to drop out and say that It's it. sunk like, cost. Everything is done. I'd, I'd it's sunk
5: cost. Done. Burn the hats. Burn the t-shirts. Oh, they should yeah. be burned anyway at this point. Yeah. So move on. What am I going to be a Padres fan? Find Dad. a new love. You love the Padres. Oh, okay. They wear those sweet camo <laughs> uniforms now and again. Get on board. Uh, they, they Fernando Tatis
1: uniforms. Jr for everybody. Yeah, uh, I could root for the A's too, you know. They 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 never are expected to do anything and they always Oh, they'd let you. you wear the damn stomper uniform yeah. after a week or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. They oh, they oh. What was it? Oh no, it was Stampy from the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> well, still an elephant. Yeah, still an elephant except he was Stampy. Uh, okay. where's my
5: elephant? I'm right. actually working on a podcast called Where's My Elephant. So there. Are you really? Is it a real yeah. podcast or is it about
1: like elephants like you No, it really it it'll, it'll, it'll be
5: about, you know, all my demands like the Pac-12 players.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, very good. I've got a list of
5: 300 things, most of which make no sense either.
1: Does, uh, does Rolovich know you are uh, about to do a podcast about uh, Where's My Elephants? Because he might Good have on him. To you signed
5: your that. letter of intent. You re upped your scholarship. Might. You don't want to play? You cheer he for might, laundry. Next man up, like, like an injury.
1: <laughs> okay. So, right now, <laughs> right now, as we speak, uh, Jacob DeGrom. Pitches well tonight. The Mets are trying to hold on to a 7-2 lead in Atlanta. It doesn't matter. The Mets are a blank show. They're a tire fire. The Ioana Cespedes story from yesterday into today <laughs> shows you that, well, I say it on the show all the time, be glad you don't root for the Mets. I, yeah. I, I am here for you because the Mets, they, 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 it's different. I, I don't know how I can say it, but rooting for the Mets and the Chargers too is another team that, that just continually gives you hope and breaks your heart and does it in crazy ways, except the Mets do it more embarrassing. Like, they sure. can't find a way to just lose generically and go, oh, boy, we lost. No, no, they got to find a way. What's the most creative and stupid way we could lose or do something embarrassing possible? I know. Let's have Yowena Cespedes opt out of his contract, and somehow both the Mets and Cespedes look terrible at it. I mean, I, there are no winners here. I, I don't no. know how it happens. Sure. I don't know how it happens especially coming off the news today. Now let me just backtrack a little bit today because we got to get to this and and, and we got big NFL stuff coming up in a few minutes. So the Mets tweet out during the game against the Braves, in the very beginning of the game yesterday, they can't find Ulan Essespedes, they don't know where he is. Uh, At this point, people are wondering. Okay, boy, they went to his hotel. They couldn't find him. People remember what happened to Daryl Kyle. Is Cespedes okay? But the Mets tweet this out, so you're thinking, okay, maybe they know something. Yeah, they they know something. And Cespedes really is—he's there's something that's not physically wrong, and it's an issue, and not something we have to worry about his physical health. Turns out that's the case, as in the middle of the game that the Mets lost yesterday, his agent informed the Mets he was opting out of the 2020 season due to COVID-19. All right, now that's a little shocking, considering that the night before Sun or Saturday night when he found out he wasn't in the lineup is when he decided to leave, as the New York Post breaks a story that Cespedes has been at odds with the Mets, fearing he was going to lose at-bats and and games played and wasn't going to be able to collect the amount of money he should have been able to collect, so he's walking away from the team. This is what comes out then during the game. And then you scratch your head and go, okay, well, now what? Well, now today you have Brandon Nimmo of the Mets saying, we were actually told he was opting out before the game. I don't know where this confusion came from. Yeah. I don't know. Don't ask me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is the Mets. This is my team. This is the team I root for. Why, 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 do, I even, why do I give the mental thought to the Mets if they just do stuff like this? They can't get out of their own way. They really can't. It's like it's like watching Barney Fife, you know, try to load a gun in the Andy Griffith show. It's oh my goodness, the bullets are flying <laughs> and falling all over Andy. I don't know. This is this is it's crazy. I'm watching a three Stooges skit with the Mets all the time. I I I I I don't know what to say. I don't other than I'm glad Cespedes is gone. I'm glad he's gone. We wouldn't have got to the World Series without him in 2015. But I'm glad he's gone because clearly I wonder if this wasn't his plan all along. I'm gonna play this year. I'm gonna get as much money as I can up front. And even though the Mets are going to cut my salary because I, I ran into a wild boar on my property and I told them the day before I was supposed to come back that I had need double heel surgery, I'm going to come back, play what I can, and see where it goes. He comes back. It's a home run opening day. Then what happens? 15 of his next 30 at-bats he strikes out. Clearly he thinks, I can't do it anymore, and now I'm walking away. I tried it. I'm going to lose playing time anyway. I'm not going to be here, and I'm just going to go. I wonder if that wasn't his plan all along. If I can play great, if I can't, screw it. I'm not going to stay because I don't want to stay, whether it's COVID nineteen or any other reasons. And I'm just going to go and I'm going to leave and I'm going to leave the Mets in the lurch and I'm going to have the last left because they paid me four years, one hundred and ten million dollars. They gave me that big contract and I gave them nothing after the 2015 season. I gave them a little bit in 2016, but nothing after. I wonder if that's the whole thing. I wonder if that's it with Cespedes. So I'm glad he's gone. And now the Mets can't fault the- a good strategy. Whoever comes in, whoever comes in, and I mean this, Mike. If you said to me, okay, Steve Cohen's going to come in and buy the Mets. Guy's going to come in and buy the Mets. All right, great. What, Jason, what should Steve Cohen do? Ha! <laughs> Let me tell you what you should do, okay? Uh, first of all, the first thing you do is fire Brody Van Wagenen because he found a way to make the worst trade in the Major League Baseball in the past 20 years and found a way to mismanage a player not showing up and opting out to make it look like your team is at fault. And how do you do that when Cespedes should be getting all the blame for this? There's no way he opted out for COVID-19. There's no way. He didn't want to play anymore. All right, And now there's pictures today that maybe he was at a mall yesterday and took a picture with people. Now, we don't know if that picture was from yesterday. It's been making its way around the Internet. But still, this is something that should have been all on Cespedes, and he's gone, and the Mets are moving forward. But somehow, because they put out a tweet, we don't know where Cespedes is, and, and we're throwing it out there. Not that we're trying to reach him, but we just can't find out. It backfires completely, and people are wondering, what are the Mets doing? What if Joanna Cespedes is dead? And that's all going on the internet. And I put my head in my hands, and I said, this is the moment when I knew that Brody Van Wagenen cannot be a general manager in major league baseball. He is clearly not up to the job because the job is about more than being a former agent calling up players you know and saying come sign bad contracts with us because that's exactly what they're doing. I would tell Steve Cohen I would say here's what you need to do. You fire Brody Van Wagenen. You fire him. Get rid of every met on the team except for the following because none of them can hit in the clutch. None of them. You do you keep DeGrom, you keep Mats, you keep Alonso, you keep McNeil. Get rid of everybody else. Every other single. Start new. Get rid of all the fans. Make everybody turn their fan back. Get all new, all new energy. Just all the way down. Just keep those four players and everything else is new. That's kind of where I'm at right now. So I got no problem right with that. Show, so there's that. No,
5: no, no I, I understand the angst. Uh, oh and as God. we went back and forth yesterday, right, as soon as the statement from the Mets went out, you know, you're you're hopeful, you know, everything's fine, but the fact that nobody has a clue of reality, or if they did, that they tried to do this end around, like the timeline just is baffling and makes them look buffoonish in a million ways. So we'll see if there's any, you know, chicken wing pictures that show up of Cespedes with a date, and time and date of uh, Saturday afternoon, or I guess when he when he left, but it's just another another option opportunity to look at COVID nineteen as your get out of jail free card, and we're seeing how dangerous that now becomes. It's like you know what I don't like my situation here. I'm out. Like I don't want to deal with you people for another two months, <laughs> right? I mean, because. Who's gonna I guess I am. But in general, it's like all right, you can't question him. He decided that COVID nineteen was was too much when the Mets haven't been affected like other teams uh at this point. But just the whole story from the the time it was released right after I got off air yesterday, uh, till whatever 3 4 hours ago it's just uh, another wikipedia entry for the mets as to mismanagement lack of institutional control if it was a college football team you'd be calling for the death penalty
1: for it. oh this is I, I i can't i can't understand how you can you have a situation where here's a disgruntled player who has done nothing but embarrass your team for the past three years, and you found a way to not make him look sympathetic, but you found a way to make him look bad and you look just as bad. I don't know how that's a that's a win win situation for you. Hey, here's a player who clearly he, he wanted to talk to the media beginning of training camp, didn't want to talk to me. I'm not talking to you guys all year. The next day he was talking. All the things that happened, using COVID 19 as an excuse, all of these things he did, and somehow you couldn't control. Control That narrative you couldn't do it How do you how are you not able to do that How do you look so bad and look Like a tire fire throughout this entire Thing that's what that's what I really Can't understand about that the Cespedes thing Look is, is it complete Could you see this and say oh I didn't see That coming I didn't No, of course you would have seen that Coming because it's Cespedes the guy signed a Contract and didn't want to play baseball after that Yeah didn't want to play I mean he's a guy I wonder How much did he really want to play baseball After he signed that contract I don't know that He did so I can't, I can't say I'm surprised at all the things that happened with him, surprised that it ended this way, that he walked away from the team. No, I'm not surprised at that. But how you, how you turn to say, boy, we can't, even, we can't even look at the good guys in this. Like, like, we're in charge of our team. Like, we know what's going on. That's the, that's the really hard part. And that's why, that's why at, at least the one thing I think of when I stop and calm myself and go, okay, everything is okay, a new owner is coming. A new owner well, is coming, that's, and that's new everything. And that's going to be new everything. Right, new owner, new front office. All the way down,
5: you'll have a change. In theory, a change of philosophy, and the only thing that the biggest, I guess, thing for all of it is that it's exacerbated now that the the Yankees are predicted to be back. Being the Yankees, Aaron Judge is a headline every at bat, and no matter how well you play, and while well, they haven't played well with a, a nice losing streak coming into today, that you just become a laughing stock, and the story. As Cespedes, uh, as, as the story developed, and then you get the guys in the clubhouse going, oh, yeah, that was already done. Like, And none of you thought that that needed to be raised to <laughs> to a management person. Wouldn't you be ticked enough to at least say, hey, what's the deal? That our teammate, you know, left and didn't say anything to us, if that's the rumor? Can you confirm? Can you deny? I'd be looking for a second source. Come on, what are we doing
1: here? I, I don't know what to say. When this happened yesterday, I said, "Of course, of course, the Mets. Of course, of course, this is what we're doing. Of, co- of course, this is us. This is this is us. This is my lot in life. This I is
5: us. Is this the next season
1: of This, this is, is, is us? This is, this is since the next you can't season go back to
5: live. No, since they no, can't no, no, no. go back to taping new episodes no. for a new season, they'll just it,
1: record the Mets. It's just it's just me watching the Mets and Mets stories online. That's what it is. Just the camera. I hear you cry a reaction. lot, so that works. Yeah, I. I, I. <laughs> Uh, I, I really I, I don't understand how this gets so out of control and the Met they just can't do it. And and it's for certain teams and look you know, we'll get into the to the to the dangers now of, of players opting out and using COVID nineteen as an excuse coming up later on this hour. But the the fact that if Your team is just bad every year. They're just bad. Okay. You know, like the Padres, they're bad every year. But now they have a couple of years where they have hope because they have young players. Okay. There's no expectations. Most teams, if you're really bad, you don't go in with expectations and that's okay cuz everything that happens is a bonus right pirates fans don't go into season with expectations hey, no. hey if we're good it's a bonus look at that's awesome look hey we're hey rays fans hey this could be a year we're good this could be a year we stink it doesn't matter the 30,000 rays fans in florida are very happy about things it doesn't matter but the mets they go with expectations Right? So they immediately put themselves on a different level of, of disappointment. Right? Now you throw in, okay, what about all the lovable losers who can't really find a way out of things? Who does things embarrassingly and, and can't get out of their own way? Raiders, the Lions, teams like that. Right? They're on a different level. Right? They, re- they just can't, they, they can't shoot. There's so many funny stories about them. It doesn't matter. Right? The Mets somehow find a way to be a part of all of those. They find a way to stink, but to give you hope and expectation. And when they melt down, they do it so spectacularly. And they do it like three or four times a year. You know, it's not like it's just one. No, no, one I could deal with. I could have it move on. But no, it's like three or four times a year. This is what they do. And each story gets more embarrassing and more Mets than the last. So the, somehow they found a way to do all of those things. No other team has that Bermuda Triangle of craziness going on around them except for the New York Mets. They're the By the only way, ones.
5: I, I just submitted a... Um... A suggestion for a new episode of Special Teams: The Failures okay. of the Mets. <laughs> Any
1: year of the Mets, just spin the wheel.
5: Any Everything year the but '86. Oh my
4: <laughs>
1: goodness! Any year of the Mets. This is this is that. This is that. I hey, be, trust me. Let me tell you this. Don't be a Mets fan. All right. Don't be <laughs> if you're if you're listening to radio now and you're wondering. Uh, you know, whatever it is, this is going to be awesome. I uh, just pick another team. Don't be a Mets fan. Trust me, you will have a much better life. It'll be awesome. you will be great. Do the opposite. Whoever, whoever you root for, root for the Yankees. Go root for the. Yankees. have an easy life, right? You'll get you superstars all the time. It'll be great. Everybody will wear the gear. Oh yeah, root for the New York Giants. They'll wind up being good again at some nah. point soon. Don't do what I did. Don't don't do don't be me. You go do you, and by that I mean the opposite of what I do. That's what you should go do. That's But Mr. Works. Met's the best mascot in sports. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Keep Mr. Met. I will say that. Well, yeah, I keep Mr. Met. So DeGrom. Because I mean, the Fanatic's done, uh, He's been neutered. Yeah. Done. No, no, no. DeGrom, Mats, Alonzo, and Nick Neal. Get rid of everybody else in the organization and keep Mr. Met. And Mrs. Met. You need Mrs. Met too. Mr. Oh, I forgot about Mrs. Met. That's the right. Mean, that's where you go. Oh,
4: boy. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific
2: Kia, yeah, movement that inspires. Call eight hundred three 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 four Kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include ten year one hundred thousand mile powertrain and five year sixty thousand mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
6: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty: Sports Scandals.
2: to start listening.
1: Joining us now on the hotline, you can follow him on Twitter at Jason Lock and CBS Sports NFL insider extraordinaire who is on his quest to buy every baseball card that remains in the United States. What's happening, Jay?
7: What's going on, gentlemen?
1: Hey, what do you have Howdy. for me in a, in a 2020 Top cespedis? What can, can I get one of those? <laughs>
7: you can, um, back in the day, we would put the cards in our bike tires to make it like sound like we were evil. Evil coming down the street. Mm-hmm. You could get unlimited like <laughs> access to those. You know, you could <laughs> make every kid in your neighborhood's bike sound like it was a chopper, and you won't cost yourself a cent. Like if you got them laying around, put them to use because oh, you'll never it. be able to sell them in a million years. <laughs> Ah! Just, oh just boy. keeping it real.
5: Only the serially numbered parallels, but beyond that. Uh, <laughs> no, no,
7: even though I don't even know, man. Even like gotta a, have a green one out of five, I'm not sure where <laughs> that's going.
1: <laughs> I will, hey, well, let's start. We'll, we'll get to Antonio Brown in a minute, but let's start with this drama that's building now between the nfl and the players the nfl moves up the opt-out day because clearly they don't like the optic of players opting out due to COVID 19 cj mosley did it this weekend because you know jets uh you know players today odell beckham did an interview in which he said uh why is the nfl playing he did it a couple weeks ago and she's yeah. coming out now but you can tell there are players the ones that are opting out they really need to know things that, you know, it's just like the NBA and, and Major League Baseball, Jay, where they need to know that they're being taken care of. And so far the NFL publicly has kind of been giving them the cold shoulder, very business-like, we're coming, um, we're starting, and, and this is
7: what's going on. Well, I think the negotiations with the NFL and the NFLPA have uh, honestly gone swimmingly. Have, have I, I've been at this a long time, and I've never seen a situation in normal times, let alone one in the era of COVID when there's um, – you know, we, we don't even know what's going to happen from day to day, and our lives are so drastically changed. And no one five months ago, five and a half months ago, could have ever foreseen what has become um, our daily norms and, and, and how, you know, screwy pro sports have become and, and really everything has become. So it, especially in light of that, I feel like they've done a really good job um, of keeping a lot of stuff in-house for the most part. And, and look, we're talking, you know, over 2,000 guys – on rosters right now. So for, for any, you know, individual or individuals to express themselves, I think is to be expected. Um, and, and again, doesn't maybe necessarily speak for a larger collective of, of individuals, but the, but you know, the, Everyone's trying to get through this the best they can, and players are making individual decisions based on you know their health their pre existing conditions um, their you know what's going on in their family are they trying to expand their family are they um, do they have pregnant wives, you know spouses, girlfriends with them? do they have elderly parents who live in them? do they have diabetes, do they have respiratory issues i mean eh, There's just sort of so much swirling in this that I think the fact that we've reached this point the way we've reached it is um, a feather in a lot of people's cap. And by 4 p.m. Thursday, which according to my sources is when most likely the firm, hard, fast deadline to opt out will be, will we see more players opting out? Absolutely. And will a lot of them be involved in um, play at the line of scrimmage, larger men? men who might be more um, predisposed to diabetes, guys over 300 pounds, guys who know that every single snap they're on the field, they're going to have four other guys around them breathing all over them and five other guys on the other side of the ball breathing all over them, people who engage at the line of scrimmage. um, Are they likely to be the bulk of the people opting out? Probably. Every snap for them is a contact snap, and it's, um, you know, in many cases – more than one other person is engaging with them or is around them. And all that's going into the interpersonal sort of calculus of how to proceed. All
1: right, so on the flip side of this, as they try to figure that out with, with the moving on the opt-out, the opt-out date, how big of a concern is it that some players are doing it as an excuse? So they can get paid this year if they're on the roster bubble or they think they might well, not make the team. How big a concern is that? I think this is...
7: A massive misnomer. They have to pay the money back. Like it's it's basically a loan, and it's pennies on the dollar when you look at even what the veteran minimum salaries are for most of of these players, especially veteran players. Um, and when you're talking about a C.J. Mosley or you know Michael Pierce, it's 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 a small, ridiculously small fraction and. You don't gain anything. You don't gain a year towards free agency. You don't get deeper into your contract. All that stuff tolls. You don't get any additional benefits or accrue you know, things towards your pension or, or um, you know, anything like that, your 401K, whatever. All that stuff just stalls and rolls over. I mean, I, I think it's, it, it comes down to individuals sitting back and saying, you know what, for whatever reason, business, personal, health, combination of the above, guys sitting there saying, I don't think we're going to play more than four to six weeks, and should I risk potentially getting myself in a health situation the, the likes of which I you know, don't know that much about or no one knows enough about, and, and risking future paydays and risking future health, just for four paychecks or five paychecks or six paychecks or whatever it turns out to be. Um, and I can understand guys not wanting to do that and saying, you know what, I'm going to sit out whatever's happening in the fall and winter, and maybe we pick things back up in the spring with you know, a whole other set of rules by then, and let me just see what 2021 brings. But 2020 just might not be for me.
5: Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon coming to you live from the Mobile Geico Studios. On the hotline with us, Jason Lockenfora Fora, 1057, the fan in Baltimore. And CBS Sports joins us every week on the program Talking All Things NFL. Find him on Twitter at Jason Lockenfora So we got some bit uh, well not quite closure, but at least uh, some guidance on Antonio Brown. Eight games. With more information pending, could be tacked on, but at least gives us a, a base. So yeah. Seattle or Baltimore, where's he going?
7: Oh, I don't, I don't think he's coming here. Um, well, first of all, I'm not sure that he's going anywhere, just because eight weeks might be, you know, we might be looking for part two of this season by then. Um, Seattle, you know, they've they're all in for this year they're trying to win right now they're unlike the the Ravens they don't have a policy of never bringing anybody in their building who has any history of um, allegations against them from a spouse or from anything that's remotely uh, domestic or sexual of nature and obviously um, Antonio Brown's personal conduct violations per the league in the league's estimation are related to some of those issues. And, and then, you know, they, they make it, well, they are continuing to investigate some, you know, some of these things that aren't even tied into this current eight game decision. So they may be able to expand that, but, you know, given what Steve Bashotti has said in the past about, who they're willing to bring in and who they're not willing to bring in. I, I'm just not sure that uh that he's gonna pass muster for the Ravens, even with um Lamar Jackson campaigning for him and, and even with his cousin Hollywood Brown on the roster. Um But, yeah, I mean, Seattle's a possibility. Any team that finds itself, and if we are still playing, you know, eight weeks into the season and and there's a team that that finds itself short at wide receiver and that owner is willing to, um, you know, take on something of this magnitude, then, yeah, it it could happen. I don't think it's uh, exceedingly likely. Uh, And, and, you know, the other thing is who knows – what else he gets himself into between now and then. That's a long time. And, you know, Antonio Brown has been sort of running afoul of the league for quite some time.
1: You know, lastly, Jay, as you talked about, the the we're going to start the season, we're going to try, however far it gets, it gets. And, you know, I've been saying this for the past few nights on the show is that I, the NFL's got to learn from what's going on with Major League Baseball is that here they are, and MLB is getting positive COVID-19 tests and games are getting postponed. Now, what's been the big deal for Major League Baseball? Well, they waited so long to start the season. they got to jam in 60 games in the playoffs. Are teams that are missing all of these games going to be able to make them up? You're going to have to extend the season. I mean, they're doing double-headers and seven-inning double-headers, and we're rewriting the rules as we go. Why, If the NFL has one game postponed, that's going to screw them and suddenly they're adding a week to the league. At some point, do you feel like they need to sit down and say, all right, either we shorten the season to 14 games and we build in – or at the very least, we build in bye weeks. We build in like three or four bye weeks where, okay, after a month, we can make up some of these games and then at least then we're doing that because then it gets out of control.
7: When I talk to people, you know, general managers, pro personnel directors, coaches – Everyone I've talked to believes that somewhere in somebody's desk in Park Avenue, there's an amended schedule, whether it's for six games, eight games, 10, 12, whatever. But it exists. And if we get into this and it's going the way it's gone in Major League Baseball, which is the moment you stop testing every single day, all hell breaks loose, for at least for particular teams, Uh then I I think people are going to really kind of be demanding it, really banging on on the door and saying, okay, look, look, you guys want to continue this 16-game thing. Let's do it. But at least show us that if we have to cut it off at four weeks, that you do have this eight-week master schedule that we can pick up on the other side. Like, we think you've made contingencies and you've winked at us and you've kind of told our owners you have contingencies, but we need to see them because – we need to start bracing for that reality. And could that day come sooner rather than later? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely it could. I mean, these buildings are are in the process of going from about, you know, 30 people per day and them to 185 per day. And you just start, you know, looking at the magnitude of interactions in the course of those days when we're not in a bubble and when schools start opening back up and, (laughs) You know, it, it won't take much to kind of send all of this off the rails. So, yeah, the, the, the idea that we're just going to ramrod 16 games no matter what and do it between now and February, it's not, it's not flying, it's not passing a lot of people's sort of common sense meters. And the league clearly has to have prepared for alternatives. And at some point... I think those alternatives will see the light of day, at least in in terms of um, us getting a look at, okay, here's what the schedule might be if we have to stop at this date or that date or that date.
1: You can follow him on Twitter, at Jason Lockenfora. That is at Jason Lockenfora. He will also grade your baseball cards if you send him a big... uh, You know, I think you and Harmon should do a podcast on baseball cards. I'm just saying, I think that would be an awesome podcast. I mean, six months
7: ago, cards. I hadn't thought about baseball cards since I was 15 years old, but it has definitely become my pandemic fetish. So <laughs> I'm open to all opportunities in regards it's to cards. Pan-
5: I like it. Pandemic fetish with lock and four-eyed
1: arm.
7: <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. We may need a subtitle. Like We may need a further explanation. But yeah, that's No, a I start. don't know.
1: I think people would download <laughs> pandemic just,
5: fetish
7: just, based just not on even knowing alone. what it's about. Yeah, yeah I Probably. Probably.
1: You're, if you would said, hey, we'll grade your baseball cards, you'll get a lot of people. But if you just have it called Pandemic Finish," people go, I got to see what the hell this thing is. Yeah.
5: And they would just click yeah. on it. That was, yeah, I'm man. sure
7: everybody at CBS would love that.
5: That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, an edgy Fox kind of thing.
1: Take it easy, Jay. We'll talk
4: <laughs> to right, you guys. time, yeah, yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
1: You've put it off long enough.
6: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Do you love Selena?
6: Like, really love?
3: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
8: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: When is 15 million dollars not a lot of money. It was today when I saw that Dwayne Johnson and other investors have bought the XFL for fifteen million dollars, I really, I, I when I saw this first sto- story, the first thing, Mike, it, for two seconds, I said, "Oh, this is this an onion story? Is this a is this a fake news story? Because there's no way you buy the XFL for fifteen million dollars." I mean, Vince McMahon poured two hundred million dollars into it, and he bought it for fifteen million. I, then I started thinking, okay, how much? How much did MySpace go for? Like seven million dollars a couple of years ago. Somebody actually bought MySpace. So
5: well, that was Justin I, Timberlake and some
1: people put some money I, together. I kind of get it, but still, it was $15 million. I mean, that's it. I, that, 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 that's it. That's how much the XFL was. I know they went bankrupt. I know they owe people money. I know there's lots of issues, but still, $15 million? That's all it was for the XFL? I'm still stunned at that, at that price uh, number right there. Well, you have all the intellectual property. You have
5: the whatever assets i mean that that's the curiosity right i don't don't have a listing i haven't been able to find a listing of the assets and then obviously you've got your creditors that you got to make good you know dimes on the dollar or whatever rebuild those branding relationships but for 15 million bucks with the Dwayne johnson charismatic smile danny garcia his his ex-wife and business partner and the uh I forget what the, the other name, Redbird Capital Partners. I mean, you've got name recognition and everything Johnson's touch has turned to gold, right? I mean, look mm-hmm. at some of the franchises that they were able to eke out tens of millions of dollars off of bad concepts just because he's there to smile at people. So, and look, smartly done. Uh, we talked to Jay Glazer about, you know, some of the efforts uh, that Dwayne's been part of and ball, everybody was joking immediately. Well, they might as well just be ballers. And and then they, they do that and make it a live action thing where he and his uh, the other characters inject themselves into real football. <laughs> so there's a game playing in the background, and they're just uh, supplemental characters. Uh, well, maybe being that's paid to play football. Maybe
1: that's what it is. He he only bought this because he's doing a movie about football, and it's less money to just buy a league and have them play games and shoot and shoot the scenes they need uh, with this way <laughs> than it is to actually send people out and, and, and go shoot it. So maybe it's like I like that. Money no,
5: there's. This. That's a good theory. Now, in all seriousness, I mean I'm curious as to what the liabilities are, right? In in terms of how much more money is there but 15 million to to own all all this IP a, a sweetheart of a deal, I think, right? I mean, that's one action bad action movie that can go straight to video at this point. <laughs>
1: You know, but but the, here's the best part is that is that we've seen that the appetite for spring football is kind of there. The league made money last year; it made twenty million dollars. But then, of course, it had to fold with everything going on in COVID nineteen. But the the appetite is there as long as sure. he hires the right people to find uh, the way to make football appealing to everybody. This can work. I mean, we've seen, it's not like, oh, you can't do it in the spring. No, you can do it. There's, it's, you're not going to make millions upon millions and millions of dollars, but you will make money and provide an outlet for football in the spring and make cash on it.
5: Yeah, you're not looking to be the rival to the NFL. You're looking to supplement it and find people to play in your league, make it exciting, make some names. Maybe there's a bridge. And who knows? There might be a lot of Pac-12 players uh, that are ready to sign
4: oh, up. Oh, look at you. <laughs> on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio radio app zion plays 25 minutes tonight
1: 25 not 15 not 12 not 14 he plays 25 minutes scores 23 points to go along with seven rebounds and five assists as new orleans wins it 109 99 not a good night for john moran at all he shot terribly uh five out of 21 for 11 points did dish out eight assists but still, New Orleans with the big win. And look, you're getting what you expect from New Orleans. Zion's the big star. We're all wondering how he's going to be. He's become the flashpoint player since the bubble has, uh, since the bubble games have began. And look, they got 24 from Brandon Ingram, and you had a big night from J.J. Redick off the bench, and the Pelicans maybe starting to get it a little bit after losing their first couple of games. Now they still have to leapfrog two teams to potentially get into the 8-9 game, so there's still a lot of work to do and not a lot of games left, but this conversation really becomes about Zion Williamson and where we're at three games into the bubble and people are wondering, what is up with Zion? Why is he not playing more minutes? Why did he play 15 minutes? Then he played 14 minutes. Now suddenly it's, it's like Alvin Gentry and, and, and the Pelicans said, well, there's too much peer pressure. we got to just play him. So you'll play 25 minutes tonight. And Zion plays 25 minutes, and he does pretty well. A couple of times had to take him out of the game. Looked like he was losing his breath, but he was able to come back in and and finish the game. So it's a big mystery right now for Zion Williamson. You've heard so many different reasons why Zion's playing less minutes, right? And and all of this is going to tell us exactly why Zion is being treated this way by the Pelicans, right? You want to know? We're going to tell you. So... He left the bubble, and then he came back, right? So I get it. Maybe you want to ease him in a little bit, but 15 minutes, that's all. You're not going to put him at the end of the game. Why he couldn't uh, go back in the game at the end when you need him to play? It's a big head-scratcher. And many different reasonings have come up. His conditioning is not very good, right? He looks heavy, and that's the one thing. We've told you from the beginning with Zion Williamson, he is a big Kid, he's only gonna get bigger. He's the second heaviest guy in the NBA, and he's 19 years old. All right, that, that's a that's a real big warning sign for Zion Williamson. It's the one thing that can hold the guy back is if he gets too big. He pro, he's prone to more injuries. He's not as quick. He's not as he's not as fast up and down the court, and he winds up running into issues trying to compete and be a dominant player. So that's a big thing. His conditioning is not there. His weight, he looks heavy. And his defense is not very good. Rick Buecher came on with us the other night. And he said, listen, the one thing I saw, why is Zion out there at the end? He sucks defensively. I mean, those were his words. I mean, you think that's me paraphrasing it. No, he said Zion sucks defensively. He sucks. He can't do it. So this is why he's not on the floor. You've heard all these reasons. Right? All these reasons why Zion Williamson is not playing, and you scratches your head because everybody can coach better than Alvin Gentry. Everybody knows, okay, this is ridiculous. Why are you not doing this? There is something that we are not being told about Zion Williamson. Right? Whenever there is no good answer for something, I know it's something that we're not being told, that either we're going to find out at some point, or it, it will leak, or we'll have an announcement. Something we will find out, oh, so this is why Zion's not playing many minutes. Because How come you can't play a lot of minutes when you're 19 years old? You should be able to run run out there. You haven't played a lot of basketball. You haven't hit the rookie wall yet. You know, he was injured for the first part of the season, came back. He should be able to play more than 15. He should be able to go up and down the floor more than eight times in a row before having to come out of the game. But what I see is all of this, all of these things, what is going on with Zion Williamson? What are we not being told? All of this goes into the hopper, and I come out with this, is that, there was a plan that they weren't going to differentiate from for Zion Williamson for this season. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. But he is our – we know in the NBA you need superstars to compete. This guy could be a superstar. What are we really going to do this year? We got to do, we're going to come in eighth? Okay, we're building, we're getting there, but this year we have to make sure he's okay because physically they are concerned about how healthy he can be. They, if they, would, they would put him out there more if they weren't concerned he would get hurt, and that's what this comes down to. Whatever reason you think, if it's conditioning, defense, weight, all of this, we have the pressure, uh, we know what we're going to do, we have a plan with him. This is about if we play him more minutes, he's going to get hurt. Because that's the one thing. The guy's been hurt every year of basketball the past three years. Every year. Senior year of high school. His freshman year at Duke. He had, he had another shoe come off tonight, uh, but he put it right back on and, and kept playing in the game, which brings you back to memories of, of last January. Mm-hmm. It, they would play him more if they weren't as concerned he's going to get hurt. And the Pelicans, I am sure, they want to maximize everything you can get out of Zion Williamson. So if we play him a little bit here – and he can grow into his body and then be someone who can play 35, 38 minutes a night. That's what we want. Because that's how they're treating him. Remember when Jordan broke his foot? What was it, his second year in the league? Second year, right? yeah. Second year, he broke his foot. And the, the Bulls were so concerned with him coming back. I remember the plan. They had a crazy-ass plan. It was, he can play six minutes the first night back. And then at yep. six minutes, they took him right out. And then it was okay. And they said, now you can play six and a half minutes in the next game. And then it was, you can play seven minutes. And then it was seven minutes and 15 seconds. And it was seven and a half minutes. And then it was eight minutes a game. That's how they brought him back. And it sounds insane. It's like, oh, but this is how careful they were being about Jordan because they didn't want him to get hurt again. And they didn't. They, they put so much into him as being their franchise player, they're worried about him getting hurt. So I kind of see that with Zion right now. They're so concerned about his body, because either they know something physically about him or just what we all know, that he's prone to injury, and he's not in shape, and he hasn't taken care of his body like he should, so this is why he's playing like this. Because him, as an asset to the Pelicans, is bigger than whatever they have going on right now, whether they squeak into the playoffs at number eight or not. That's their number one priority. When we're not being told about his health that's the reason they think he could get hurt if he played more
4: be sure to catch live editions of the jason smith show with mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific
2: this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24/7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: I'm Theosa and I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first listen. listen.